welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I am your host, Alicia. And today I am so excited because I have Apostle Catherine Crick on the podcast. So for those of you who don't know, Apostle Catherine is the lead pastor of Five Fold Church, where every service and live session, many miracles happen. Many are healed, delivered from demons, and have encounters with God as the anointing flows powerfully. Millions are touched by God from around the world through her ministry, Revival Is Now. Catherine is passionate about seeing people encounter Jesus who comes in power so their eyes can be open to his love and that they can be empowered by his spirit. And I just wanted to say how truly, truly honored I am to have you on our podcast today. So welcome, Apostle Catherine. Thank you so much. I'm so honored and blessed to be here. So I actually found your ministry on YouTube, (laughs) which I'm sure that's Uh how a lot of people do. But I was watching the live deliverance take place. And because of this, your social media following is just exploded. And just witnessing the power of God in these meetings. And that was really one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on our podcast. And I know, you know, the title is aimed towards hurting marriages. But one thing I've noticed a lot of is that people more so than not tend to bring their issues or their traumas into the relationships and the need for inner healing and deliverance right now in marriages and families is great. And right now you're really pioneering what some would be calling, you know, modern day deliverance movement. But what I think is so interesting, because I've heard your story, you know, many times is that this really isn't something that you sought out to do. So could you talk a little bit about how you got into the ministry of deliverance? Yeah, so you're right. I absolutely did not seek to be ministering deliverance in any way. I was actually pursuing being a Christian um, EDM pop singer, songwriter, and I loved God so much. I always had my eyes had just opened up to the fact that God moves in power today. I was a Christian my whole life, but um, about seven years ago, I I encountered the power of God for the first time in a little house church. I saw demons manifest and be cast out of people for the first time and people be healed and just the power of God moving. I, I received my first prophetic word ever which opened up my eyes to God's love like never before. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit a month later. um, And that opened up my eyes even more to just my biggest desire became in that moment to surrender to God. And the fear of God came over me. Like, how could I not give up everything to God, give up my my dreams, everything. So I really meant that like full surrender, the full surrender of my dreams. I told God that like, you can take my dreams, even though I really want this music dream. If it's not yours, you can replace it with yours. Um, And so he answered that prayer um, and shocked me. So what happened was from, from that moment that I first encountered the power of God um, about seven years ago, um, my biggest passion became to see other people encounter God's power because I didn't know God's love to that moment. I loved God, but I hadn't fallen in love with him yet because I, I, I hadn't had that encounter. I hadn't had that, that opening of the eyes, you know, to, right, to yeah. really see 
wow, Jesus loves me. Wow. Yeah. God is so good. Yeah. So, um, I wanted people to have that knowing I wanted people's eyes to open. I wanted people to be set on fire for Jesus. Like I had, I wanted people to be able to surrender to God. Like I finally was able to, for the first time in my life. So that was my biggest passion. Um, nine, it became my, my new biggest passion. Nine months after I first encountered the power of God and surrendered to God, I went to a conference and at this conference, a prophet was ministering. And what ended up happening was this prophet prophesied to me that I was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I was called to reach the nations and that God would do many miracles through me. And long story short, um, I was so shocked to hear this. I had no desire uh, to be a minister. <laughs> I love God. I love going to church. I love listening to sermons, but not one time did I think maybe I could do this or should do this. Public speaking was my biggest fear and weakness. Oh, oh my gosh. But, yeah. But like, it was like, it was like Moses and the burning bush experience where it's like mm-hmm. Moses knew it was God speaking. You know, I had this unexplainable feeling that I knew God was speaking through this prophet, even though I was shocked at what was being said. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, um, and then actually in that moment that I'm having this time in my head of like, what on earth, Lord, what, what about music? Where's the prophecy for music? And Mr. Apostle, what, how could I do this? As I'm having this moment in my head, I I hear God speak to me, Moses, remember Moses, Mm. just reminding me of that story of Moses, how Moses, you know, was called by God to be this leader of millions of people, he was called to be a mouthpiece of God and he stuttered and he felt inadequate. And God said, well, I'm the one that made your mouth. When, 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 when Moses was saying, how can I do, how can this be? I stutter. God says, I'm the one that made your mouth. I'm the one that's going to give you the words. Like God's basically saying like, I can do anything through you. Just trust me to do the impossible. Just obey. So in that moment, God was like, you're like Moses right now. Like you just need to trust me and obey and know that I'm going to do the miraculous and equip you. And so, you know, at that moment, all I wanted to do was obey God. I I just wanted Mm -hmm. to be in his will. So it actually was pretty easy for me to surrender and say, yes, I said yes immediately. I didn't even have to like think about it or anything, but it was the most, I wouldn't say scary moment of my life, but maybe like uncertain, like the most like I have no clue how this is going to happen. <laughs> you know, I feel like I was jumping off the deep end, you know, Right. but I trusted God and I trusted that. I trusted also that he would give me a heart to do what he had called me to do. Cause he's so good. Yeah. And he indeed has been faithful. So I started a fivefold church. God called me to start fivefold church as an apostle right. um, and pastor nine months after that prophecy and accepting that call. And, um, for, so for years, so for about four and a half years from when I started the church, these four and a half years, this was a season of like wilderness and refining fire time. God taking Mm -hmm. me through it, refining me for, which I understood because there was such a big calling prophesied over my life and I believed it. So I trusted God through this like long process, hard process. Um, and I kept believing, I kept I, I would write these prophecies, uh, these promises from God on the wall about miracles that would happen, revival breaking out. I would write them, put them on the wall and just look at them and remember God's promises. But mm-hmm. 
I would not see many miracles happening um, in the ministry. They, I mean, we were small. We had between 20 to two people, depending on the year. Right. Um, and it was getting smaller and smaller every year, actually. Um, so when we would see God's power move here and there, but it didn't look like how I imagined the revival. There was like maybe one healing testimony throughout all those years. And there was not any kind of deliverance testimony or any kind of manifestations of demons or anything like that. Wow. And so what happened was um, G- December 30th, 2020, I put a video out on TikTok. Uh, it was a montage of moments where God had moved in power that past year. And that video went viral within a day and a half on January 1st on my wow. 30th birthday, actually. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a birthday surprise. Right. Um, but, yeah. But even more amazing than it going viral and reaching a lot of people was that there were thousands of comments on that video of people testifying of miracles they'd received while watching the video. People That's were amazing. healed. People were being delivered saying they said like anxiety left them and they felt peace. Oh my goodness. I was shocked because it was just like God had decided to just move. Like now is the time, you know? Yeah. Right. And so then from there, I started going live twice a week. And on these lives, miracles were suddenly happening when I was going live before. And that wasn't the case, (laughs) but now there was just revival breaking out on the lives, people testifying testimony after testimony. And um, we were still having church at this point, church we were doing in the park because COVID hit and we couldn't meet in our building anymore that we were renting. So we've been meeting in the park um, since July, 2020. And we only had a handful of people. And as these, as the video got viral and, and just a following, I immediately like had this following growing, especially on TikTok in the beginning. And um, that made there to be like one to two to three, four or five people trickling into our church services in the park, revival in the park. And um, by by March, we had grown from, well, January, when the, the video went viral, there was about five people or so coming to church. And then by March, there was about 20 something. And on March 21st, this woman from Massachusetts came with her friend all the way to LA to encounter God at Revival in the Park because she had seen my videos and God yeah. just drew her through the video to Book of Light from Massachusetts. So I was more expected than ever in my life that day. I could not believe people had gotten on flights. Two other people that day came from Nashville for the same reason. Oh my I gosh. I believe like four people got on flights to come to our church in the park. Yeah. The most like bare, bare minimal setup. <laughs> In the park, 20 something people. I could not believe it. I was so expectant for what God was going to do for him to do this, to bring people this far. And so that day, um, I began to minister after preaching as I normally would, like I would call people out and just pray for them. Um, God would touch them through prophetic ministry. I've been ministering that way for like four years now at church regularly. And, but this time was different when I prayed for that girl from Massachusetts, from that woman from Massachusetts, as I prayed for her, all of a sudden she just fell backwards with the power of God. And then this is what I've never seen before in my ministry. She started to uh, convulse her whole body was shaking, convulsing. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen demons cast out through my spiritual father and other places, but I never 
seen it in my ministry ever, but I immediately knew these are demons manifesting in this woman. Right. So, um, Holy spirit just led me to command the demons to go. The demons were saying, the demons were actually speaking out of her saying, we don't, I don't want her to preach. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. I commanded the demons to go and they left her and she was set free. Oh my gosh. that is how deliverance in the ministry <laughs> began. And so what happened from there was I put a video of that deliverance online and it went viral immediately. Wow. And, 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 and then every Sunday since then, God started bringing people who needed freedom. They were like instantly seeing the videos and they were desperate for freedom and they came and God delivered them. So it was pretty much every single Sunday since that day demons were trembling and being cast out. And then it just increased, increased, increased. Um, two months later, there were 70 people from 20 something to 70 people within two months. Wow. Um, more and more videos were going viral all the time, like every week now of the deliverances. And then on, uh, so mid May, there were 70 people. And then the next week, May 30th, 300 people came. Oh my gosh. And it was like revival. Like I had dreamed about, I mean, there was mm-hmm. deliverance everywhere. There was pe- people were being touched by God's power everywhere. And all of us, hundreds of people like jumping up and down, rejoicing, like shocked in awe and wonder of God. And, um, since then it, it's just continued and grown where every single Sunday since May 30th, 2021, uh, people, hundreds have come and people have t- flown every single week since then from other states. And now every week it's different countries lately. Um, someone came from Singapore and I found out someone was trying to come from New Zealand yesterday. Um, two weeks ago, two other people came from Singapore and two people came from Indonesia that day. Uh, the week before two people came from Sweden, another came from UK, uh, the week before that two came from Australia. Um, and then another week, someone came from um, um, a place I hadn't even heard of before in the South Pacific, an island, American Samoa. <laughs> so um, it's it's just so beautiful how wow. God just decided I want to remember people now, revivals yes. now. I'm oh going to show my people that I'm moving in power now to set them free and and show them that they that it's possible and they can receive freedom. And it's just beautiful to see the hunger that he's put in people. Um, it's spread across the country and world, this hunger where I've been ministering right. at revival is now events almost every single week since last August mm. of 2021. Um, and now it's been 10 nations in 2022 that God sent me to minister. And we're just seeing so many people be set free at all of these events. And it's just, I'm in, I'm constantly in awe and wonder of Jesus. Wow. The Bible has come alive. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It reminds me of that saying um, by Katniss Everdeen on the Hunger Games, fire is catching. <laughs> yeah. Fire that is, is catching. Fire is catching. And what I think is so amazing is this all started when you gave God your yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it may not look like what you thought it would, but it definitely looks better. <laughs> it definitely looks better. And God, God knows us better than what we, than we know ourselves. He knows our hearts better. Like I am more passionate now about ministry than I am about singing, (laughs) but I never would have known that. (laughs) Wish you sing beautifully. I have heard a clip of you singing. So you definitely beautiful. 
But I just think that's so amazing. Amazing, And it encourages, this is so encouraging because just hearing your story of you giving God your yes, I want the listener to be like, wow, I want to give God my yes. You know, what, what can it hurt? You know, this should really encourage everyone to just give God your yes. And, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you also, so I know that you've probably heard this statement because I've grown up in church my entire life. Um, that Christians can't have demons yeah. <laughs> or, or you truly can't be saved, um, if, and still have a demon yet, you know, my husband and I, we were both fully saved and we both fully had to be delivered of demons. We both had to go through that process. And it was actually so amazing because we didn't know we had demons. We were living under all of this torment, under all this torment you know, doing lots of evil things until we were delivered. And I think sometimes you don't even know you're bound until you experience freedom. And I know how important it was for me, but can you talk a little bit about like, can a Christian actually need deliverance and how important is it for somebody to go through deliverance? Yes. Yes. Um, so when you give your life to Jesus, your spirit comes alive. You're, you, we have a spirit, or you could call the spirit man. That is what goes to heaven, lives eternally. Your body right. goes in the ground, but yeah. your spirit does not. It lives eternally. So that's when you become a believer, that's the real you, not your body. Like the real you is your spirit. And right. so that nothing can touch the spirit no demon can like touch the spirit. That spirit is one with the Holy spirit, one with God. Um, but then there's more parts to you, like your spirit. You also have a soul and your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. And then you right. also live in a physical body. And so what happens is when a, uh, when a believer gives their life to, when a person gives their life to Jesus on day one, their whole body soul does not get immediately transformed overnight so your spirit is pure it's the righteousness of god that's that's that's, that's why jesus calls you that but your soul is not quite pure many times right? <laughs> your body may not be pure many times like there's clean right. up to do and so then begins this transformation into the image of god and as it talks in the bible as we look upon God's face. As we seek him, we are transformed into his image. And so as you surrender to God, to summarize it, basically, as you surrender to God, seek him continually. This is what cleans you, cleans every part of you, transforms you. Um, so that happens by one in one way, crucifying the flesh, so, um, you know, stopping to do the things you were once doing it with your own ability, with God's help, which you're able to, um, but there are parts of the soul many times that, that actually have yokes, which the Bible talks about the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. A yoke is a demonic stronghold. A yoke is a, a work of the devil. Right. Uh, a yoke is a chain, like bondage. Right. And that's like addiction, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. 
to summarize it, it's it's just that thing that is like stuck in your life that you've been trying to crucify it, crucify your flesh, and it's not going away. And you feel like something's wrong with you. A lot of people live in, in shame and it's like this secret sin. But the reality is it's not this, you're not able to crucify that part of your flesh. It's a yoke. It's a demonic chain. The Bible says the yoke, the, the, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, not the yoke shall be destroyed because you've crucified your flesh and because you've done it in your own effort, but by the anointing and what the anointing is, is actually the power of God. Like we see in Elijah, Elisha, Moses, right. apostle Paul, apostle Peter, it's not found like everywhere <laughs> it's found yeah. in vessels of God, but not just any vessel of God vessels of God that God can entrust with his mighty power. Wow. So it says, um, like apostle Peter, when he was ministering, it says that they would bring the sick and demon possessed where he was going to pass by and his shadow would touch them and the demons would leave and the sick would be healed just by the shadow touching him. So that's because he was carrying anointing. The anointing was just hitting those demons and those demons had to leave. So we see this, um, this principle that like, that's how people received freedom and healing those days. It wasn't just like praying just in your room or something. It wasn't (laughs) like if if the whole church prays at one time or something, no, it's like the anointing, find the anointing, position yourself under the shadow, under apostle Peter's shadow, where that anointing is going to flow and just have be be at a place where the anointing can hit you because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So what happens is Christians, when they first give their lives to Jesus, many times they have yokes already. And also after you're a Christian, you can be opening up doors, maybe because you're not surrendered or maybe because you don't know you're opening up doors because your eyes haven't been opened. So you can get demons after being a Christian too, but because that happens with opening a door, it says, don't give a foothold to the devil because giving a foothold to the devil is giving legal access for demons to come in. So, um, it's, it's common sense when you think about it, like right. uh, when a Christian gives their life to Jesus, they don't immediately become like completely clean. It's a process. Right. Um, but, it, but the thing is, is that why many Christians think that Christians can't have demons is because they don't realize that the things they're dealing with are actually demons. Um, addiction. That's a, that's, this is an easy one to, to understand. Like a, if a Christian and a non-believer both uh do drugs like yes. continually it's not that the, the christian is not more protected <laughs> than a believer from <laughs> being addicted right they're both probably going to get addicted it's they the christian opened the door and so right. it's a principle you open a door you can allow mm. a demon in you know exactly. god's giving yeah. us everything we need in his word to um help us to keep doors shut to the devil so it's not god's fault God has given us everything we need to not get demons as a believer. But um, if you simply open up a door, it's a principle. The demon can come in. So that's the thing is that many people don't realize that the things they're dealing with are actually demonic. They're actually yokes. They think, oh, maybe I just I'm not trying. I'm not doing enough to crucify my flesh or something. No, it's a yoke. It's a demon. You need the anointing to destroy it. Oh, I love that. And just as you're talking about, you know, opening a door, even practically speaking, if you leave the front door to your home open and you hope a thief won't come in, (laughs) he might not be, he might not be in your neighborhood right away, but 
you leave it open and you will have someone come in eventually. And so, and I love what you were saying about transformation into the image of God. That tells me that that's a process. It's not like a one and done, but we are continually transforming into the image of God and all of those yokes, you know, as we continue to strive to be more like him and look more like him, that's when all of those, I think those yokes come into play. Um, and then we might need inner healing. We might need deliverance at that point, but I'm so thankful that God is so loving and he points this stuff out because he wants us to be free. <laughs> yes, Amen. And so just kind of like piggybacking off of what you were just talking about, could you just give like some signs that someone might need deliverance? Like as they're listening to this podcast and they're like, oh gosh, I wonder if this is me. What would be some like key points that they might need deliverance? Yeah. So really it, it, uh, when you have a demon, a demonic spirit, it's, it's like a chain controlling you. It's a chain. So as a believer, most believers, they, they don't want to behave sinfully. They don't want to be angry and, and have rage. They don't right. want to be addicted. They don't want to be depressed and be anxious. They don't want to be these things. And they're probably trying to, you may be listening. You may have been trying to stop these things, but as hard as you try, and as much as you're praying, help me Lauren. Yeah. It's, it's not changing. It's not even getting better. It's just like remaining the same. This can be in so many different areas of your life, anywhere where you notice you're just stuck. You tried to crucify your flesh in that area and you're just stuck. That is a big indicator that you may need freedom. You probably need deliverance. So, um, for example, like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know what freedom looks like because they've, a lot of people have been bound. What, it's yeah. what freedom looks like and feels like a lot of people have been bound since they were a child. I, sometimes demonic spirits come in through abuse as a child many times. Right. And also generational curses. They're very common among many people. And so a child, a, a person can never know freedom from the day they were born. So mm. I love to say like, I want you to know abundant life is really possible for you. Like I have a testimony of it. The, John 10, 10, the devil came to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you abundant life. I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus says, and this means every area in your life, abundant health, abundant energy, abundant yes. peace, abundant joy, abundance of like unity and peace in relationships, every single area of your life. It's possible. And so, um, God really wants you to, 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 to have this hope, like there's more and to, to access the more you may need to be free first to access that abundant life. Um, people for, here's one example. Um, you know, when like, like me as a free person, I don't really feel anger ever. Like I can feel maybe the righteous anger of God. Sometimes I can feel that, but it's not like a destructive anger. It's like a controllable, like, you know, (laughs) led by the Holy spirit kind of thing. But if somebody does something bad to me um, or mean to me, which of course happens a lot when (laughs) 
you're following God, the persecution, yeah. you know, the devil hates you. So he, he sends people to tr- hate you, you know, totally. But I don't feel like rage boil up inside of me. I just like, I feel pretty peaceful, you know? <laughs> yeah. So but I say that because a lot of people don't know that that's a possible, <laughs> but right. like, if you have a demonic spirit of rage, it's like you can, it, people can get angry over the littlest things and like mm. lash out and be so mean and like say hurtful things to their family members, for example. Yeah. That's an indicator um, when you can't control that and you find yourselves maybe doing things you don't want to do and maybe hurting people with your words just because you, you you couldn't control it. Um, that's a sign as well. Wow. I love that. I'm so glad that you put those out there because I'm sure that so many people can just identify with what you're saying. Um, I do want to ask you, um, so at this point you have, you've witnessed hundreds and hundreds of people set free from demonic oppression and even possession. And I had a question come in from a listener and they were wanting to know rejection is a big thing with people. Does rejection have a demon attached? Yes, absolutely. The spirit of rejection Okay. Yes. So, um, when a person has been rejected in their past, lots of times family members have rejected them. It's like, they probably, they might, they might start to hear a voice from the devil, a lie from the devil saying, um, you're not worthy. You're not lovable. Uh, you can't trust people. People will leave you. They will not stay Mm -hmm. that like, it's a strategy of the devil. When a person is rejected to immediately send these lies. Uh, what happens is the, the devil's opportunist. Like he, mm, yes. Like if abuse happens to a person in some way, some sort of trauma happens, uh, you know, a person's rejected. The devil is like, Ooh, here's an opportunity for them to hopefully open up a door. So he can strategically send these lies to a person. And when they, you know, don't, when, when the person's eyes aren't opened up in the spiritual realm to understand mm-hmm. that these voices they're hearing are not true, they're strategically from the devil. And, and if they don't know what they need to do, that they need to reject, submit to God, resist the devil's lies, and he will flee. If they're not rejecting these lies and speaking God's truth, they very easily can start to believe that these voices they're hearing in their head is just truth, that, mm. that it must be truth. They're hearing it again and again and again. They just think this is truth. Right. So they accept those lies. They can start to speak these lies aloud. And so when they're meditating on these lies of the devil and speaking them aloud, this is actually the action of giving a foothold to the devil. This is the action of opening a door to the devil. So this is where that spirit of rejection can come in, where now whenever a person has a relationship, they it's not it's like not a peaceful relationship and they're constantly feeling like the person's going to leave them. And the person probably ends up leaving them because that person with the spirit of rejection is like pushing them away because of that wow. spirit. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love what you said though, because you're so right. The devil is an opportunist and he'll even create scenarios in your life. You know, say you were a child that was abused or rejected or, and then he'll recreate that through rejection in your life as an adult. You'll just keep seeing these patterns and patterns like you were talking about. Um, So I just wanted to ask you one more question because I've loved this conversation so much. 
So if someone now identifies that they need deliverance, they've listened to the podcast, they're like, wow, okay, I've checked almost all these boxes. <laughs> what What is the next step that they should take? So there are keys, there are principles of how to receive deliverance. Um, the first one is having faith that Jesus wants to deliver you and that he can deliver you um, and heal you. It says in Isaiah that by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. So Jesus paid the price. He endured scourging. He endured that horrible torture where blood was shed on his back through those lashes for you to be healed and delivered today. This includes deliverance when it says by his stripes, you are healed. It's already done. And so Mm. this is actually part of the inheritance that Jesus has provided for you when he made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. So many Christians eyes are not opened up to this truth. So many Christians, Christians just think that all that Jesus did was he took away our sins and he made a way for us to go to heaven and we can have relationship with him now. So many times we hear the, the gospel just as that, but there's more, there's more. Jesus also has destroyed the works of the devil and he has come that you would have abundant life. John 10, 10 by his stripes, you were healed. So as as a, as a co-heir with Christ, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance of abundant life, which includes healing and freedom. So you first need to have this, the right kind of faith, the faith of that woman with the issue of blood, where she goes, I am touching Jesus's robe and I will be healed. It was that like, it was, it was really like an air, like an air mentality, not like a Jesus. Will you heal me, please? (laughs) If you want to, to." no, we, we need to have this right kind of faith, this faith that Jesus wants to deliver me and he will do it. Deliverance is freedom is mine. Devil cannot have his way anymore. We, We need to be like walking in this authority. You know, we need to, this is, this is the first step is having this right kind of faith because otherwise the devil can kind of, can try to trick you into being like, well, maybe it'll happen for other people, but not you. No, you got to get serious and and say, I know that I know that Jesus wants to deliver me. That's number one. Yes. Um, And number two would be to take, take being free seriously. I mean, many times, uh, the bondage has happened because you've opened up doors. So take it seriously, surrendering to God, you know, um, when you come to Jesus, he will deliver you, but you have to like really come to him, surrender to him. So look at the door, the the open doors in your life and say, I'm I'm done. I want to shut these doors. I want to be free and I want to stay free. Um, the next step would be to do what they did in the Acts church, which is when people had bondage and sickness, they located mm-hmm. where the anointing was flowing. Absolutely. It says that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. This is so key. And we see in the Bible, whether it was through Paul, where he was doing extraordinary miracles, where they were bringing handkerchiefs and aprons to his body and then putting them on the sick and demon possessed. And those people were being freed and healed. Whether it was that, or it was with Peter. If you want to see how, did, how were people set free? 
how are people healed? Like, how did it happen? Like, what was their like method? You know, like how, yeah. what did they do in the church back then? What, what, what were they doing? This is what they were doing. They were locating where God's anointing was. They were locating where God had chosen to place his anointing. And they just submitted themselves, positioned themselves under that flow of anointing. When, when they did that, it became so easy. Like, a, like God's anointing is so powerful. We don't need to struggle. We don't need to strife. You don't need to be there for a 10 hour deliverance session where a minister is screaming at you, <laughs> screaming at the demons really loud and all. No, it, it says that they just came under the shadow of apostle Peter. He wasn't even having to say a word. And it literally says all of them were healed. So this is vital. Yes. Find where God's anointing is moving find where the testimonies of freedom are happening where people are testifying i was free i was free of this i was free of this and just go go in person go online yes god will deliver you through online even just as powerfully it's there but you have to seek it out for example you could come you can come online or in person to my church where i minister fivefold yes that church for short we're in la and i minister throughout the week revival events there's an example tune in live and just position yourself. And I'm telling you, God will touch you. God will deliver you. And then the last, um, the last key, the fourth key I'll mention is to renounce, which renouncing is basically a combination of repenting and walking in authority. Uh, it's basically like saying, I don't want these things of the devil's portion in my life anymore. And I also um, confess my sins. Like I I don't want to open up these doors anymore. And that's what they were doing in the book of Acts. It says, it says in the book of Acts that the believers were publicly confessing their sins. And that was actually them renouncing. It's in the same passage where it says miracles were happening everywhere. So um, renouncing is important because you're, you're using your authority and you're just Mm -hmm. taking a stand. Like, I don't want the devil's portion anymore. I renounce anxiety. I renounce depression. I renounce this rejection. I renounce addiction. And I also renounce opening those doors. I renounce taking those drugs. I renounce believing in the lies of the devil, like whatever, whatever it is, speak yeah. those things aloud, start walking in your authority. Um, the, the, one of the big reasons why bondage happens in the first place is because believers, many believers don't know how to walk in authority. And so they're not resisting the devil. So he isn't fleeing. He's doing the opposite. So it's mm-hmm. so important to really start to walk in your authority and say, I resist you, devil. I want God's will for my life. This is who I am in Christ. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. And I've seen so many of your meetings where you're just, you know, up there and you're just sharing the word of God. And you're not even addressing the demons and they're manifesting. It's because of the anointing. And so when you're saying go to where the anointing is, it's like they can't help but manifest because the presence and the anointing of God is there. And so, yes, I want to encourage people definitely do that. (laughs) Definitely do that. I know that you sometimes have live Zooms where you actually, you do some teaching and you do some live deliverance. That's one way. And like, you're also saying you are all over the place. (laughs) I've I've seen your travel schedule. You are all over the place. So really you guys, there's no excuse not to find Catherine somewhere. So, but I just 
Apostle Catherine, I have loved every minute of this conversation. Could you please just let the listener know how they can find you? Yes, absolutely. So um, for Instagram, my uh, I'm at, it's at Apostle Catherine Crick. Um, YouTube would be youtube.com slash Apostle Catherine Crick. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Apostle Catherine Crick. So it's real easy for all of them. Right. Um, and 5fchurch.org would be my church's, my ministry's website, 5fchurch.org. And that's where you can find the revival is now itinerary, the, all yeah. the events that I minister at. Um, so that's the best way to be able to find me um, on YouTube. There's so many teachings, so many testimonies, yeah. so many miracle moments that will bless you. And I also just want to share as you're looking for me to please be aware of so many scammers and <laughs> me. I only have one account for each of them and or each of those. And all of them are about 100,000 or more followers and um, no, uh, no punctuation or numbers, just Apostle Catherine Crick. That's the easiest way for you to know the, the real me. <laughs> yes. I'm actually glad you put that in there because I think the other day I got a friend request from you on Facebook. I was like, or on Instagram, I was like, that is not her. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> beware of scammers, you guys. It's at Apostle Catherine Crick. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, we bless you. 